Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, we're in the car, uh, trucking along, doing a million miles an hour, Jessica's driving, and uh, well, it's all good. It's 23 degrees outside, we're both completely knackered. Um, I did a rather extraordinary gravel bike ride yesterday up um, to Crescent Head from um, Port Macquarie, which required catching a ferry and then riding through 15 kilometres of um, at best serious four-wheel drive track <laughs> and some of the crossings I had to do were up to my waist in water so um, uh, yeah I've christened the bike at last in a real um, I think it was probably more a four-wheel drive uh, mountain bike track than it was a gravel bike track and it gave me the appreciation that you know I fantasize about gravel bike riding and getting off the main highway but it's bloody sight more dangerous than riding on the on the road with a road bike. At least on the road, there's uh, bitumen and, um, and and relatively clear markers where the where the potholes are. But my goodness me, um, as I went yesterday, I, I felt just once uh, heavily. Um, I was on a uh, because of the deep sand, and uh, the I just rode the bike at 30 kilometres into into deep sand and bogged the thing in within a meter so um and then uh, through the slop and slop so uh yeah look it was exciting it was fantastic crescent head is a great ride um i recommend if you do bike riding and you get to port macquarie this is a, a wonderful thing to do and of course i came back learned a few lessons uh in the process uh, one is about um nutrition and it's an interesting topic because just like every day at work um, the topic of nutrition on a bike ride is really important. The teaching of it is very simple. Start eating from the start. Don't wait till you're hungry or don't wait till you're tired to start eating. Start drinking, hydrating from the start. Don't wait until you're dehydrated before you start drinking. And of course, once again, uh, and I say I've, uh, again because I've done it at least a dozen times now I started eating halfway through the bike ride and I started drinking um, again uh, when I was dehydrated <laughs> so uh, it's not easy because the process of drinking on a bike it's not easy you've got to take one hand off the handlebars and if the road is rough or tough or there's um, something going on or you're putting the pressure on to try and ride and have a bit of fun uh, it's not so easy to drink and the same with nutrition. I, I didn't, didn't feel tired, didn't feel like I needed to eat something but by the time I did eat something halfway through I, um, I, I, I was, my energy levels had already dropped into the bucket. So um, yeah, compared to the Tour de France, uh, what I did yesterday was a, a, a walk in the park but for me, it was uh, a, a little a, an extension of my capability and uh, and a lot of fun, and that's what I learned is to nourish yourself throughout the day at work, both emotionally and mentally, um, and of course uh, nutritionally, uh, in all the other levels of talk about in uh, life nutrition, um, in your breathing, in taking breaks, in uh, what you eat and drink if you're drinking coffee all the time that's not necessarily good wise and etc etc so uh, I'll let you extrapolate that Jess did a 50 kilometer run and she learned similar things um, uh, we're both we stopped for uh, on the way back 
on the five hour drive back to Sydney from Port Macquarie, we stopped um, after an hour or two to have um, a, a coffee and <laughs> both of us struggled to get out of the car. Um, I am old, she's not, but we both looked old, so we were a perfect couple as we hobbled up the street um, to go and get our cup of coffee. So yeah, a few laughs and a few learnings and a great weekend away. So um, today I wanted to talk about um, one eye and one eye. And um, we're not talking about the one eye trouser snake, we're talking about a person who looks with one eye or hears with one ear. When I was at university, I loved a certain group of professors and ultimately the reason I loved them most was because they were affirmative towards me. They, they gave me time, they complimented my work, I felt good around them, uh, they made what they did, they, they worked down to my level and that's uh, an honest confession that um, my academic is not the top end of, it, of any group I'm in and so they operated down to my level and so they exhibited some level of compassion for any struggle that I was going through in my university course. At the same token, there was another group of people who um, didn't like me, didn't like what I stood for, didn't like at all that I'd had a job before or that I was probably, my net worth was more than they'd ever achieved in their lifetime, uh, continuing on as a, as a, a professor, uh, even though they're, they're qualification and their, uh, let's say, application to their work was much more disciplined and profound than mine. And so I never really came to realize until years later that they were actually, it was, it, 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 that is how it's meant to be. It's called balance. And if you, if you, if you open one ear and listen to the, to the uh, positive emotional energy of one group of people, you can't shut the other ear and not hear the negative criticism of another group. We are two-eared and, <clears throat> and it's like saying, I want to hear the good news, I want to watch TV and watch the good news channel. Uh, we may be able to turn the bad news off TV, but we will not in our lives be able to turn the bad news off and only have good news in our, in our reception in our life. The University of Positive Thinking in the US finally confessed up uh, 10 or 12 years ago that they had to change their teaching because people were, that sought only positive information became really vulnerable to the negative. They became weak and their resilience became a popular word about 12 years ago, which really means real and grounded. Their resilience was completely uh, knocked out by uh, gravitating towards the positive only. So we can listen with one ear, we can look with one eye, or we can try to, but the other ear and the other eye is always observing, always receptive. And so when it comes to emotional gratification, when it comes to the um, uh, seeking out of information from friends and family, the more positives we get from one source, the more negatives we're going to be aware of from another. Now, we don't have to react to either of them. We can just observe the positive and negative. But if we react to the positive going, oh, they really like me and I'm really happy and look what I got from that person and somebody loves me and somebody gave me positive, we're gonna to have to do the opposite to the opposite. 
And so when we make a decision to live on purpose and follow our vision and be a balanced person, we're not really um, saying so much more than I'm, I'm not going to be distracted by the positive or the negative um, as much. Now, we live in story. Life is a story. It has emotion. But the degree to which we gravitate or uh, are, are or repelled from things we hear and see is the degree to which the opposite will be uh, will be our seeking. So if we say, I want to seek peace, war will revolt us. Or if we want to get involved in, in battles of war and aggression, peace will annoy us, uh, peace and quiet. So I think it's really important to just be aware that one of the key things in understanding your inner wealth and living in that realm of purpose and vision and leadership is that uh, you need to be two-eyed person, you need to be a two-eared person, and that is not physical eyes and physical ears, but it's the awareness that the negative side will always have the positive, will always have the positive. The negative person at the university will always be balanced by the positive person at the university, and so on. This is Chris. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.